Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Jeff, you know that there's no such thing as impossible to God. And I go, yes, I know that scripture. Luke 1, Jesus said nothing will be impossible with God. I know that He also said in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 17, verse 20, nothing will be impossible to you. Uh, and yet I know also the feeling of tackling something and having God call you to something that certainly seems impossible. And I made a decision a long time ago, and I continue to make it, that I will enjoy the impossible. It seems to me the life of a believer is one filled with impossible moments and impossible tasks. God asks us to do things that maybe are outside of our skill set, outside of our experience, outside of our resource base, like Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, or sorry, Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus speaks to His disciples after He's risen from the dead. And He says, go into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. And He's saying this, if you remember, that one of the people who's hearing this is Peter, who has only very recently, a matter of days before, has denied Jesus three times. How would you like to be saying to somebody who's let you down three times in a row, yes, I'm trusting you with going into all the world. He's saying it to Thomas, who's, when he hears about the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, refuses to believe. He says, I won't believe unless I can put my hand into his side, into the hole where the, the Roman soldier thrust his spear. I won't believe until I can see it. And yet Jesus says to this guy, I'm trusting you with something that's impossible. The only one who stayed at the cross was the Apostle John. But even the Apostle John, like all of them, when Jesus said, go into all the world, not one of them wanted to go into Samaria, which was next door. It's the country next door and they don't even want to go there. And now Jesus turns up and says, go into all the world. So I've got a great encouraging word for you right now. And that's this, that God-given vision is seldom easy to achieve. You need to understand that. You need to accept that right at the start. God-given vision is seldom easy to achieve. If you want an easy thing, then don't sign up for what God has for your life. I still marvel many times at the things God has asked us to do. I remember when Red Frogs, I talked about it this morning, when they said, we don't want you here. We don't want you Christians in here. You'll drive away the young people. Well, actually, now we go down there and the young people call out to us and say, we love you guys. Obviously, they weren't the English students that were saying that, but still, uh, they do say that, believe it or not. Uh, down there to us. I remember Mark uh, telling me, only reminded me only a week or so ago that when he and Andrea and Ken and Lorraine first went to Cambodia with Transform, that we are privileged to be a partner with them along with other churches. But when, we, uh, when they went there, people said to them, don't get your hopes up. You know, you can't do anything with these kids. They're so damaged you'll never be able to do anything with them. And now those young people are staff members of Transform. I spoke to one lady this morning, this church, who told me with great excitement, she said, my sponsored child is getting married. Uh, very soon she said, I, you know, my husband said, we're going. And she goes, well, hold on a second, let's think this out. But anyway, 
So I know that when God speaks to us about transformation of the Kimberley, I know that some people are going to go, you know, well, how on earth are you think you're going to achieve that? And I'd say to you, well, the same way all these other things have been achieved. By simply saying to God, God, I'll say yes and I'll take the next step. I don't know it all. I'm not even saying I've got our confidence for every obstacle because I don't know what they are all yet. But I believe that every single one of us will face impossibles at some point or other of our life. Some of them are going to be in your personal life. Maybe they're things that are health issues. Only just the last week or so, one of my family, uh, not my wife, but one of my family over east, they had a medical condition and, and it really wasn't, uh, it was very distressing and, and uh, you know, no one seemed to know what the answer was. I rang them up one day and I said, I believe God's spoken to me. I believe this is going to be all right. I believe He's going to take care of this. Let's pray. I didn't realise they were in the pharmacy at the point uh, when I phoned them. But anyway, they just held on. Go there. We know what uh, He'll do. And we prayed. And uh, they FaceTimed us today. And when you know it, God is moving in that and, and seems like the, the corner's well and truly been turned. So I don't know what it is. Maybe it's somebody that you love who's far from God. Maybe you're a mum here and you've got a, a, a child, a, a mature age child or a, a teenager or whatever who just doesn't seem to want to know God. And you go, what am I supposed to do? How do I change that? Maybe it's that you've got a dream that just seems out of reach. But I believe that how we face the impossibles is vital. I know that because the way that the nation of Israel faced Goliath really seemed to make all the difference. You know, the entire nation was there. And when Goliath came out and roared his challenge, the Bible says everyone fled before him in fear. But one young man had faith and energy and excitement. The others had fear and despair. And we all know who gets the credit for the victory over Goliath. It wasn't the fearful. It wasn't those that despaired. It was the young man with faith and energy. Twelve spies faced the impossible at the edge of the promised land. But two of them had faith, two of them had energy and they were ready to go. Ten had fear and despair and those of you that know the Bible will know how that ended up. Two only out of the twelve ended up going into the promised land and possessing what they'd seen. So I know that the way I face impossible really matters. I know that facing it will be common to everyone. Twelve spies, they all faced impossible, but only two of them faced it with a, a decision. You know what? I'm going to go into this with joy. I'm going to go into this with faith. And I believe that we can face our impossibles with faith, with joy, with anticipation, not by denial, not by pretending they're not exist, not by somehow rather mental gymnastics and trying to convince ourselves that what I see isn't real, but rather by going into it with a, a posture of faith and of joy. And I want to give you quickly tonight before we take time to pray with those of you here who go, I'd like someone to stand with me for my impossibles. I'd like somebody to agree with me because I'm facing some impossibles. If you're online, you certainly will be able to join with us and that Pastor Bruce will be on the stage. You'll hear him. The, uh, those of us here won't, but he'll be praying for those as you send in just the letter P and say, pray for me. He'll be doing that uh, with you all. By the way, you ought to know that uh, there are printed notes available as you come in or as you go. If you're with us on the Metro Church dot online platform, 
we've got three platforms. There's uh, Metro Church WA on YouTube. There's the other one, the Metro Church Online, and then there's Facebook as well, Facebook Live. And, uh, but it's on that MetroChurch.online platform. There are notes there that you can edit and you can put your own thoughts in there and then you can save them, print them. It's brilliant, really. It's all there. It's fantastic. So how, why can we enjoy the impossible? These are, are beautiful. These are profound, every one of them. But I'm going to go through them fairly quickly just for the sake of time. And I don't want to give you something to take home. I want to give you something to be able to... Uh, meditate on this week and let it fill your heart and mind as you too engage with your impossible. Are you ready? Here's number one. First reason why we can enjoy the impossible is because God said He's with us. Simple as. Romans chapter 8 verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I love this verse. One of the first verses I learned as a new Christian. Romans 8 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And I realised when I read that scripture as a new believer, that if God was willing to give Jesus for me, what on earth could I imagine he might withhold from me? What would he turn away from me? The Bible goes on in verse 33, who will bring a charge against God's elect? Who's going to condemn you? Some of us think the impossible is never going to happen because we're not good enough. That verse knocks that one right down so it can't get up again. He says, who will bring a charge against God, God's elect? It's God who justifies. Listen, you cannot self-justify. You will not be able to do it enough. You can't prove enough to yourself even, let alone God, that you are worthy. We sang the song, you are worthy of it all. The worthy one makes us worthy. Our worthiness doesn't get us to the worthy one. All right. Who is he who condemns? Because it's Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who's even at the right hand of God who makes intercession for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. Notice he doesn't say those things can't come. He just says they have no power over your life and your relationship with God. So number one, we can face our impossibles with joy because God is with us. Amen. You gotta, sometimes you just gotta kind of go, God, I'm, I'm just gonna tell myself, and remind myself, because I don't know about the rest of you, but my soul, my mind, my will and my emotions. I've been thinking a lot for months now about Revelation chapter 1 verse 10. So up the screen for it. it says this, the Apostle John says, and I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And I've been thinking for months about how easy it is to get in the Spirit and how hard it is to stay there. I don't know about anybody else, I find it easy to walk into the presence of God, to worship God, to spend time in prayer. But sometimes I find that whilst I get there easily, it doesn't take much to tip me out. Maybe that's only me. Doesn't take much a, a phone call in the middle of the night or a, a whatever might go wrong or some uncertainty at work and all of a sudden I lose my grip on the realm of the Spirit. I lose my grip on God's closeness and confidence in Him. Anyway. So God's with us. He's number two. He sent the Holy Spirit to help us. He sent the Holy Spirit. The Bible calls him our comforter, our advocate. An advocate is a legal term. It means he goes to bat for you. Acts chapter one, verse five. 
Jesus is telling the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even unto the ends of the earth. So he's telling these people, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit so that no matter where you go, power goes with you. No matter where you go. You say to me, Jeff, how can you have confidence for the Kimberley? Don't you know the stats? Well, I probably know them better than most. Don't you know the, the plethora of problems? Don't you know the, the generational issues that have been there? Someone was telling me about them again today. They go way back. I go, yeah. However, he promised me that the Holy Spirit would go with me with power wherever I go. Amen. So I believe that wherever I go, whether it's Albania and the recordings we've just done that are going out in a week or two's time, and they'll be going out, but I believe that they will carry power to those people wherever they go. Those 23 church planters in the north of India that begin this week and next planting churches in towns and in cities where there are no churches, where there are no Christians. How can you possibly have the audacity to go into that? Well, you can if you believe Acts 1.5 and if you believe that the Holy Spirit goes with us. Amen. The Holy Spirit doesn't go with preachers. We get this so messed up. We've lived so long with the clergy and the laity. We think the clergy are God's chosen and they're the only. Uh, and, and yet the Bible tells us the opposite. You know, Philip, uh, the guy who goes down to Samaria and an entire city turns to Christ, was a member of the host team, the church in Jerusalem. Think about that. He worked in hope during the week. Went from there to have a revival. Here's number three. Third reason why we can enjoy the impossible is because we aren't alone. By that, I don't mean the Holy Spirit, but we aren't alone personally. I'm speaking next Sunday morning on what I believe is the key to vision. We've been talking all month long last month about refreshed vision. Next Sunday morning, I'm going to talk about the thing that I believe is an unbreakable law of God. Uh, but when we're not alone. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9 Two are better than one because they've got a good reward for their labour. And yet we read that and we forget that God wrote it, not trying to tell you how you ought to live. He wrote it telling us how he lives. He says two are better than one. So when Paul and Barnabas get sent out by the Lord, Acts 13 verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me, Barnabas and Saul, that's the Apostle Paul, for the work to which I have called them. He never said, you know, Saul, Paul, you're the one that's had the incredible experience on the road to Damascus. You're the one that's seen the blinding light. You're the one that's heard the voice of Jesus. I'm sending you. He sends him and. I believe that God's got an and for every single one of us. Can you say amen? I believe God's got an end for you and not just your spouse. I just believe that every vision of God will always have ends following it. There'll be an end coming after it. If you are living an isolated, lonely life, that would say to me, you do not have a God-given vision that's birthed inside of you yet. All right? Here's number four. Fourth reason why we can enjoy the impossible is because we have His promises. We all know this, but I'm amazed how many times I don't activate the promises of God. Maybe I'm not getting the only one. Maybe you just got a, 
a pastor who just needs to be brighter, uh, be smarter. Uh, but sometimes I'm thinking about it. I, I'd say to someone, I'm praying about it, but I'm not taking the promise and saying, God, that's it. I'm holding on to that. Like Hebrews tells me, hold fast the, the confession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Sometimes I don't do that. Sometimes I just tell God about the problem. We had a treasurer many years ago in this church, Koki Liao, lives in Singapore now. And I'll never forget, we're in the middle of a, a bit of a tight place as a church. This is decades ago now. And uh, we were meeting as a board. And I'll never forget, Kokian came and he said, the Lord spoke to me this week. I said, what did he say? He said this, the Lord spoke to him while he was praying about our need. And the Lord said to him, stop telling me about the mountain. Go tell the mountain about me. Brilliant. That, that stayed with me all the, these years. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 4 says, Because of His glory and excellence, He's given us great and precious promises. These are the promises. Now watch this. That enable us to share His divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Think about that a minute. I think so often we live a Christian life that is about at our level rather than his level. He says, I'm going to give you promises that will enable you to share divine nature. That means divine faith, divine hope, divine endurance. They're all part of God's nature. God says, I'm giving you these promises so you can live out of that. Here's number five, fifth thing. I believe that we can enjoy the impossible because the answer is always about others. Everything God calls you to is about someone else. God never calls you to something that's just about you. If you are praying tonight for a loved one who's not walking with God, can I say to you that God reaching them supernaturally, bringing them back to Himself is not just about them and it's not just about you. It's about who they're meant to reach once they come back to Him. The answer is always beyond us. It's always bigger than me. It's always larger than our life. It's always much, much greater than simply about, do I get blessed? Am I enjoying it? Am I fulfilled? Maslow's hierarchy of needs, self-actualization at the top of the pyramid. Can I say to you, Maslow obviously didn't know God. Because if he'd known God, he would have understood that there's one even higher than that. And that's the wonderful joy of obedience to God and seeing your life bear fruit in such an amazing way that when you leave this planet, people will say, now that was someone who knew God. Amen. The answer is always about others. Hebrews 12 verse 2, Jesus, who for the joy that was set before Him and due at the cross. Now, if we were selfish Christians, we'd be thinking of the joy of sitting on the right hand of God. But let me show you what Jesus said His joy was in the same book, Hebrews 2 verse 10. For it was fitting for Him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons and daughters to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Why did Jesus go through it for? Not just so that He could say, I've done it. Not just so that He could say, here I sit at the right hand of God. I've proven that I could do it. He did it all. Why? For you and for I. That's what it's about. Amen. Here's the last one, number six. The sixth reason why we can enjoy the impossible is because God is our source. 
God is our source, not just the source of our finance, but the source of everything. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 tells us that He's the source of our faith, that faith's not out of us. It comes out of God. Philippians 4.19, My God will supply all your needs, all your needs, not just your money ones, not just your job ones, all your needs. Are you lonely? He'll supply all your needs. Are you in need of refreshing? He'll supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We can enjoy the impossible. We can be a part of what God wants to do. And I'm not saying you feel it every moment because my goodness, I've got to be honest, I haven't. There has been some times when I'm troubled and I've got to pray through it, but that's all right. It's okay to, to be wrestling with the things of God, but as long as you keep on going and come out the other side, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for all that you want to do. Just before we go any further, because I don't know you all and I don't know everyone online. You know, Pastor Bruce was saying earlier about this Tuesday, the funeral for Ola May. But I went and saw Ola May last week before she passed away. And, you know, she, she said to me again, something she said to me a number of times. She said, Pastor, she said, I'm not afraid of death. She said, I know Jesus loves me. I know that He's got a hold of my life. She had joy. I couldn't believe in the, in, in the hospital room where so many people around about were, where they were sad. And here's this woman literally glowing and just so happy that Jesus was waiting for her. You know, heaven's a real place. And Jesus said, I made it for you. I want you to be able to be certain of going there. I want this to be your destination. Heaven is not some absence of stuff. It's the presence of Jesus and the presence of every good thing God has. How do you know you're going to go to heaven? Well, the Bible says that He's the way to heaven. He's the truth for life. And He's the way. That's what He said. And so I know that if you are here or you're online, you say, Jeff, I don't know Jesus. Jeff, I don't know if I'm going to heaven. Well, you certainly can be certain of it. How would you do that? Well, I've watched people over the years who've simply prayed and said, Jesus, I trust you. I'm receiving you. I cannot tell you how many times those people's lives have been drastically turned around. I'll never forget a man who lived a self-life for all of his life. I got to lead him to Jesus just like this. His family told me that he profoundly changed, that the next week when they saw him, he was a different person. Why? Because Jesus had come into his life. You can be born again. You can know Jesus. You can be certain of heaven. I want to pray with you right now, just wherever you are. I'm going to lead you in a little prayer, a simple prayer. When I say little, it's big and it's impact. It's just short. It's not a long prayer. You can pray this and I'd love you to do it. You can say these words after me if you like. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Oh, I want you in my life. Please forgive my sins. I want to be with you and I want to walk with you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 
You don't need to pray this prayer, but let me pray for you, Father, for those people right now that have said yes, some online, Lord. Maybe some in the building, but they've said yes to you. Lord Jesus, thank you that this moment represents the turning point where they go from being someone without God to being someone who's got God in their life, in their world. I thank you, Lord, you're going to walk with them from this point on, every way, in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you've given your yes to Jesus like that in prayer, we would love to help you so that your yes to Jesus just continues to grow and to be blessed. And so we started this several years ago, actually, uh, before the pandemic, uh, little realising that that was coming and that so much time was going to be spent online only. But uh, we've continued with it because we've seen the fruit of it in amazing ways. There's churches, there's a church I know in the States that heard about it, contacted us and said, can we use it? And we said, sure you can. We gave them all the info about how to do it. There's a church in Queensland that I know of that heard about it. They're doing it. We just think it's a great thing. If you can just say to Jesus, Lord, every day I'm going to spend some time with you. So if you send your yes to the number on your screen, 0488 or you can do it via email, of course, yes.metrochurch.org.au. Then the next day after you do that, we would love to send you a Bible verse, different every day. We'll send you a short prayer every day. And uh, I see Sebastiana Karachi's online here with us. Uh, they're in Italy right now. So hi, Sebastiano and Rashida. They actually are the ones who lead this space of Yes Text. And so I know they love getting people's questions when they have them and they do their best to answer them as well. And uh, Sebastiano and Rashida, even though they're in Italy, they'll be sending you that Bible verse and that prayer. And you get that every day for 30 days. It's completely free. There's no pressure whatsoever. We want to be a part of helping you in your life with Christ. Can we give those people a big hand? Just say, well done. Congratulations. We love the opportunity to see Jesus touch people's lives. Now, I wonder how many of you are here tonight in this place. And my time's gone, I know, but we just got a few more things we want to do. One of those is we really do want to stand with you. If you say, Jeff, I'm facing an impossible. And maybe it's the kind of impossible that you feel like it's, it's overwhelming and I'm not sure what to do. I want to do our prayer cards a little bit differently. Well, this is what I'd like to do. I'm going to ask our team to come. Pastor Bruce will be up here on the stage with me. But I'd love it if, if some of our ministry team, Rhonda, Mark and Andrea, Peter and Annette, if you would just stand over here near where these things are. And as people write out their prayer card of what they're praying for, if it's something that you go, you know what, I'd like someone to agree with me, not just for me to fill it in, because we'll invite you in a minute to stand and come and write on these and then come and put them in the receptacles over here. They asked me during the week, do you want to keep these? And I said, yes, because I don't know how many of them are answered yet. And we're going to keep on believing for every single one. So if you would like someone to pray with you, just go up to one of the team and say, would you pray with me? And they'll stand there with you and come into agreement over whatever it is that you're writing down. You're impossible thing that maybe you go, I don't know how that's going to work out. Well, let's trust God with it, can we? Come on, let's pray. Let's stand together. Father, we thank You for Your goodness. 
We thank you, Lord, that you're with us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the ends in our life. We thank you for your promises. Father, we thank you that you are absolutely committed to our life. We thank you, Lord, for the others that will be blessed out of what we do. God, for every area of blessing, we stand in agreement together tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tendai. If you want to come, lead us in worship. And if you'd like to come and fill one of these in, the, the, our team will be over here ready to pray with you. If you'd like prayer online, just send in the letter P. Here's Bruce ready to pray with you.